Good evening, and welcome to Dan Bain's Sleepy Time Mumbles, a podcast you can miss. I am Dan Bain, and every episode, Every episode I improvise a low-stakes podcast for you to fall asleep to. If you are a dedicated and persistent listener to the show, you may notice that this has come out slightly late. I apologise for that. I was going to record it last night. But I was summoned. Summoned to the comedy club. In order to perform. Stand-up comedy. And considering how well that went. Perhaps I should have just stayed at home. And recorded the show. Also, I did some loud shouting afterwards, and my voice is sore. Oh no, not the money maker. pants on so hopefully that'll see me through that'll see me that'll see me all the way through I have a little sip of it now Mm. cozy joined in the studio this evening with my co-host Sophie the dog who went on a big walk this morning and now is sleepy and a little bit snuffly so if you hear a dog having a weird dream that's that's what it is. It's not a it's not a dog in your house. Okay. But don't worry about that now. That can wait. For now, put down your phone off your screens 
close your eyes. Now it's time to be mumbled to sleep. This is season four, episode six. In conversation with a gentleman caller. Welcome to another iteration of the Sleepy Time Mumbles in Conversation series. A long-standing tentpole-style episode. A regular feature of the podcast that props up the more whimsical content, giving it a strong journalistic integrity that otherwise might be lacking those with the investigative mindset I believe are always particularly grateful to these long form conversations fans of the humanities of course as well for it is in conversation that our character is truly revealed. And so, so too, are things also. This week I had the pleasure to have a conversation with a a gentleman caller. You know, like from from the south. Like in a Tennessee Williams play. You know, a gentleman caller. gonna go get a job at the shoe factory but is real happy to come over and have a chat with your crippled daughter that that kind of gentleman caller you know the kind I'm talking about if they have a name Surely they do. Probably Tom. There were less names back in the post-war, post-World War Two America, American South 
head on a hot tin roof. Oh, glass menagerie. Streetcar named Desire. All, all the faves of the traditional American theater. Okay, that's enough building it up. Let's get on, let's get into the call. Let's have the call. I'm going to make the call now. Okay. Through the magic of editing. And you won't have to listen to the dialing. you hear my voice I'll be in conversation with with the gentleman caller uh hello Tom is that you This is Dan Bain from Sleepy Time Mumbles. We set up a time to have a little uh, conversation, an interview. Well, uh, what, what for? What is this? What, what is this in service of? Um, it's in... You remember, we had a conversation about... the. The podcast, the the podcast that I do. Oh, you're the sleep boy. Yes, that's that's right. That's that's certainly that's what they know me on the streets as. Well, that's uh, I can certainly think of a worse moniker for a gentleman to have, but I can also. I say this frankly. I can also think of several better ones. Sure. Um, you, uh, you can you can call me whatever you like. I I don't really mind if you. Well, I shall call you Mr. Bane on account of that. The two of us don't really have a relationship as such, and it seems a little forward and forthright to go ahead with calling you some sort of nickname or personal type that a friend might call you. I don't think we're friends, sir. 
no but that's we're not that's not why that's not why we're here of course you call me whatever you like that's fine I wonder if we could start the start the interview if, if that works for you if this is still a good time have we not already started I'm all firmly of the mindset that if a man is in a conversation with someone he does not have a strong association with questions are being asked then surely in some way that is an interview do you not agree sir sure yeah, uh, yes okay cool we've 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 already started. Um, great. So I guess I'm most interested in talking about your time uh, post World War Two. But uh, I suppose those events are in some ways um, influenced by the just spit it out boy what are you trying to say I suppose they're kind of influenced by the time that you spent overseas uh, serving your country uh, and I wondered if if you had any insight into into that what, what do you mean inside that's a very that's not even really a question you've you've posited a area of discussion but from what point am I supposed to jump off with a reply I can't just give my potted history of the entirety of my services both European and Pacific theatres. Unless you... Is that actually what you would like? Because I fear that that will take up a goodly amount of your time. Time that is perhaps better spent discussing my work at the shoe factory. Yeah, I guess... Uh, uh, th that's fair. Thank you for the feedback. Um... Yeah, I suppose the question is, did you, did in your service time, did you gain a greater appreciation for shoes? And if so, do you think that led you to uh, where you find yourself today yes okay uh, would you care to elaborate a little you've answered your own question boy that's, that's another terrible technique in terms of being a an interviewer you spend so long posing the question that by the time 
you actually got to the question mark of the sentence. You'd already really discussed everything that was of possible interest within the topic. All I had to then do is either confirm or negate your hypothesis. I'm confirming it. Yes. My time in the service did give me a great opportunity to observe footwear in the harshest of conditions. So yes, I do have a high interest in the being high quality influenced by that time of my life. What else would you like to know? Um, no, nothing else. On that. Well, see, that's another poor choice you've made. You gotta follow up. Don't they teach your children anything these days? You gotta follow up. I answer a question, and then you take it to the next point. You follow, you go a little bit deeper into the answer. For example, what was the specific moment, Tom, that you observed this, right? Specifics at the moment. At the moment, you're working in generalities. Whereas what creates a compelling story is going into specifics. So I think, and I don't want to tell you how to suck eggs. I'm sure you have a whole heap of success with whatever it is you do. I don't understand it, and I don't pretend to, and I don't really care to. I'm sure, though, it's clearly keeping you out of mischief and off the street. And so, for that, God bless it. But otherwise, uh, I'm surprised that... Uh, I'm surprised that you are capable of achieving anything. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, okay. Uh, sorry, I, I, it seems like we've kind of got off on the wrong... We haven't got off on the wrong foot, boy. But not long. Not long. It's just that you don't seem to really know what you're doing. And I'm a busy man. So, if you have, uh, did you prepare for this interview? Did you do a little research into myself? Or did you prepare some questions? No, uh, no, no, I, I didn't. I just, um, no, I just tend to wing it. Did you, oh, well, that is a terrible habit. You need to get out of that immediately because no good comes of that look I don't want to tell you what you do or don't know but I've been I've been winging it for a considerable amount of time the whole kind of premise of uh, the show that I'm 
interviewing you for is that it is well a great majority of it is well uh, the entirety of it is uh, just winged improvised made up on the spot off the off the top of the dome top of the head off the cuff drop of the hat you know so I, I don't want to be rude but perhaps some corrections might be due might need to issue some errata on this particular look son you clearly got a gift of the gab and I can appreciate that but irrespective of your ability to turn a phrase in a pretty manner without planning it ahead there are many forms that benefit from pre-planning the uh, execution of what you're about to attempt to do and the long form interview is definitely one of them you think think David Frost went to interview President Nixon with just like oh I'll wing it I'll just I'll wing it I'll see what happens no he had structure he had a concept underneath the whole thing whereas you sir you're just approaching it with uh, a lackadaisical approach isn't it this lazy lazy approach you haven't made any any effort have you no sir okay well that's unfair I've I've definitely given it some thought uh, for example here's a follow up question uh, in the shoe business uh, what's your favourite part of it I see what you're doing. That that's good. That's a good. See, you're, you're getting the idea of the whole establishment here now. You meant to ask small questions that I can elaborate on. What is my favorite part of the process of making a shoe? I think probably for me it's the uh, adhesion of the upper onto the sole. That's the moment where it becomes a shoe, truly. You, you just got two separate parts, two separate discrete items. But on that moment of connection, when you join the two of them together, when the soul meets the upper, when the upper meets the soul, well then, not only then, suddenly you got, you got yourself a shoe. That's a, that's a shoe you've made. That's not just two separate components. It's not just a piece of rubber and a piece of leather that have both been shaped. They've got their, they got their spec, they got their 
specifics, they got their specificities, of course. But now, when you join them together, when you thread them, glue them, bring them together, obviously put it in soul in. But that's not the important part. When you join those two parts together, that's the magic. That's when it becomes more than some of the parts, right? Becomes a new thing. Becomes a shoe. Out of curiosity, do you do you wear your own shoes that you've you've kind of made yourself, or shoes that come off the? I mean, is there a Sorry, I'm doing the thing again. I'm extemporizing too further into it, into the into the question. And as we all know, that means there's less room for you to give a your own answer. It's effectively an open and closed question because I've done the detail myself because I love the sound of my own voice that's right boy that's why that's why you do it that's very self that's very astute that's very self aware there's a great understanding of who you are as a person and not just that but also what's wrong with you as a person so my congratulations to you Now, in answer to your question, do I only wear shoes that have been made by me? Yes, only wear shoes made by myself. Why? Because I can only trust myself in this world. And that that when that narrows down to what I'm good at, which is making footwear. I'm like, okay, I can trust myself to make my own footwear. And also, I can trust myself to get to work on time, keep myself fed, make sure the dog goes outside. These are the things that I rely on myself to do. I make my bed in the morning. Some people don't make, I make my bed in the morning. That's how I know I'm still alive when it's time to go to bed at night. I get in a freshly made bed every night. And by the time I get in it, I forgot that I made it. So it's like somebody, it's like I, it's like someone else made it. It's like I'm getting hotel service, room service, please, please make up this room. It's like I hung a little wooden, wooden cardboard sign on the door handle and said, please make up this room. Someone's, someone's made up the room. 
mama had for me. I love that. Because by the time, as I said, by the time I get to bedtime, I'm a different man from whom I was in the morning. I'm a totally different man. Hey, that that feels really feels really wise in its own way. Thanks. Hey, what do you reckon about um the girl with the club foot? Do you reckon? that's a goer or probably not hey okay sorry that was a that was that was a bit personal thank you so much for taking the time to Join us on the show. That's not a problem. I'll do it any time. Or we could make a hundred of these episodes. I'm not sure they're that popular. Well, you know your business, son. So, anytime, anytime, anytime you might need me, you just let me know. Okay, well, I will. I'll do that. Thank you. Um... And I feel like we've really all learnt a lot today, so thanks very much. You're welcome. Good night. And, And good night to you. There was Season 4, Episode 6 of Sleepy Time Mumbles conversations with the gentleman caller Sleepy Time Mumbles is produced by Noost Octopus and produced by Noost Octopus but written man it's not written presented and invented by me You can follow the show on the internet through many possibilities, but no longer Twitter, because it is the worst. So I'm not on it no more. But there are many ways to follow the show, and they're all clickable in the show notes. If you want to subscribe to the show, you get every episode that has ever been released. If not, that's cool too. You still get 50 episodes. That's a lot of episodes. Until next time though. Good night. Sleep tight.